Hello and welcome once again to the Security Asia podcast. My name is Ron Efron. I am recording this time from Singapore. And my name is Avichai. I'm still stuck in Israel. Okay, well, can't be too bad. So welcome again. And this week, we are going to look into the whole topic and trend of BYOD, or also known as bring your own device. This whole trend of bring your own device, it's been going on for quite a while now. Wouldn't you say, Avichai, maybe like 10 years at least? Uh, yeah, I would say 10, 10 to 12 years, really, we've been seeing this concept uh, around us. Uh, but I would say that the maturity of it was maybe in the last seven years. And we see this not just in companies, but all sorts of organizations. I mean, governments have to deal with it. Schools uh, are dealing with it too, where schools are uh, telling students to bring their own um, uh, laptops and everything. Anyway, my opinion is that it really started to push from the consumer side when the iPhone came to market. Wow, that's a, that's an interesting uh, theory, specifically iPhone or any smartphone. What do you say about well, that? Well, so before that, BlackBerry was the choice for all the sort of the business types. But most of these BlackBerries were actually provided by the company. They weren't, mm. they weren't somebody that they went, oh, I want this phone, I get this phone, then they, then they put a work number on it. Only after they had these cool devices, like the iPhones when they came out, back in the day, which was a big leap forward for those younger folks that don't don't remember the, the older phones. And that's when people were bringing these phones to work and they wanted to connect to the Wi-Fi and they wanted to use them as smartphones. And that's when we started right. seeing more business applications on them. And, and But at that point, companies had to deal with all the issues, they deal with security and so on, that we started dealing with this sort of, uh, or recognizing various problems. Yeah, so I think uh, that before we dive really into all the challenges that there are with this concept is really trying to elaborate a little bit about how it came up in the market, what what happened in the market that made it, made it uh, really grow. And one of the things is really the, as you said, the, the new uh, generation of smartphones that started with the whole uh, Apple and the iPhone series. So bring your own device is basically... I would say it's it's more of a kind of culture kind of point of view where if you take the generation, the Z generation where I'm part of, it, or or if you take the Y generation that's a, that's a little bit before, and you take the next generation, um, what's going to happen with them, uh, you see that convenience is something that's very, very important for them. Feel familiar with your environment, gives you more productivity. So... If let's say my personal preferences are to have an Android device where I have the flexibility to access different files in different levels, and there's a different person, let's say you run, where you prefer to have an Apple type of operating system where it's more user-friendly, more easy to use and get to what I have to do in the, in the most efficient way, those are two different uh, ways of consuming the technology. Now, once there's a different variety of, of ways to consume, that's when the people, it started coming bottom up, meaning yes. you see that demand of people saying, okay, if I have emails, I want to be able to read those emails on my personal device. I don't need to walk around with additional phone if it was the BlackBerry days or walk with another walk around with another laptop just to be able to access my email on the basic level. That is maybe, I would say, the main uh, point where you see how that, that trend really rise. But on the it, other hand... It was also, yeah. but it was, sorry, um, it was not only the new smartphones and all that, and it was really, like you're saying, 
sort of people started demanding it. It was also the um, the rise and the power of cloud. Right. So cloud came a little bit after, and we'll and we'll we'll get to that in a second. So what happened was is if if it came bottom up, meaning from the people consuming their own uh, mobile devices and and trying to bring them into the work environment, management has to understand that, right? And uh, through that understanding is really to make a decision where are we into this trend? Are we against this trend? And there's a trade-off. There's advantages to that or to that. Some say that a lot about the productivity, people's capabilities, uh, it has been grown. But on the other hand, there's a challenge where suddenly company propriety is on personal devices. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means. And once businesses started to understand that they want to embrace this kind of trend in one way or another, and if you take a parallel trend called the cloud, as you mentioned earlier, where the cloud is saying, I don't put any processing or services in my facility, but it's on the public cloud in a private virtual network, that's when I'm saying, okay, I'm able to connect those two dots and create even more productivity in my organization. What? But also, but also, the one reason why. So you just talked about phones, but also this is also relevant to laptops. In the past, one reason why companies had standard laptops because it was easier for them to for the IT folks to deal with all the software and maintenance and and upkeep of the laptops, and you're able to you needed certain operating systems in order to connect to the servers. Mm-hmm. But with cloud becoming more powerful and more popular, the type of device you used, doesn't matter what type of laptop you had or what type of operating system you had or your phone, as long as you had a browser, you were able to connect to the cloud. Right. So even though it sounds so simple, there's a, there's a lot of security risks with what you just said. That is I mean, true. That's part of the problem. My device, let's say I'm now traveling and I'm in the airport and I'm now connected to our financial system. There's there's a real risk around that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and you could see that industries such as health or banking, insurance uh, type of industries that have very strong regulation, um, I would say that they might not be able to even use their own devices for, for even with a VPN connection or using a cloud encrypted type of service. No, but there are solutions to that. I mean, today you can do internet banking on anything. Yes and no. Meaning we also see that sometimes uh, banks require uh, physical uh, connections or specific uh, encryptions that are very, very unique and special. Right. Uh, meaning you, you can't just write, just log in and start running with it. Of course, personal banking now is on applications and they created different ways of authenticating your, your right. identity for right. that system. Uh, but... But if it was the bank's choice, they wouldn't do that. Meaning they they don't have they don't they have more threats on that on the side of opportunity for their consumers in the end of the day. And now definitely, I would say as a consumer, we don't care about the risks so much. So if I'm now uh, joining a new company as a as an employee, I, I don't care about the the IT risks or the cybersecurity risks. What I really care about is that part of my conditions, my environment allows me to be more productive. And that includes me using my own computer, my own smartphone. If I'm at my friend's house and I just wanna access uh, uh, something in in the system to help one of my uh, colleagues, I could do that. Meaning we see the ability of that kind of flexibility through bringing your own device concept. 
But on the other hand, we see the big risks here. And one of the ways to really manage that kind of risk is first of all, by understanding the weakest link is not the technology here. The weakest link is the people, okay? There's people that are managing these devices. Mm -hmm. My phone is managed by me. If I have cybersecurity awareness, or if I'm aware to type of malwares, common malwares from SMSs or through my WhatsApp or through any other type of uh, communication application, that's when I am a better consumer online. So, so let's, let's just unpack that for a second. So what type of risks are we talking about? So it's not just simply having poor passwords on your device. There's, there's more to it. Maybe give a couple examples or like the top three or top five type of risks that you would, um, that people should be aware of. Yeah. So first of all, there could be best practices that have been set by the company. So you always have to be on top and up to date with that. If a company decides that on Android operating system, we want to disable one function on the settings, it means that there's a reason behind that. So be complied. Listen to what, to what your organization is telling you. That's first of all. Hmm. Uh, second of all, we see the growth of malware and we see the increasing of uh, ransomware. And for example, right. actually, uh, as much as this is not uh, related, but we could create a connection here is that during the COVID era, we see that there are much more phishing, malware, ransomware, all these type of attacks. But, but hold on, but uh, all these sort of uh, can be categorized in a similar fashion where you're getting an email or a text, something's incoming, and a person with is, is careless about opening that or, or taking action based on that. Right. right? And, that, and that is one of the basic, let's say, things that are a threat for us. And that would be a threat for us also when uh, when we're using a company's device, for example. Right. Where does it where does it become more sophisticated? Let's say I have a, a entertainment app that I that I like, or sports that I like, and I download all these kinds of applications. Through those applications, I'm basically creating vulnerabilities in my system immediately. Why? Because it requires specific permissions. That application to run on my device requires. Uh, the ability to uh, show me not notifications on my locks or to access uh, configuration files or to be aware of my GPS location. So the minute we install any type of application on, on our phone, we agree to those kinds of uh, permission setup, let's say. In addition, there's also on a web browser when we access um, different social media applications on web browser and it doesn't have to be downloading the application we still give them that access by allowing them in one way or another in the using the, those small words and letters or just clicking on something that popped up just to be able to see the content. So I would say that those are things that as uh, uh, in the concept of bringing your own device, that's something that people really need to be aware of. I just wanna make sure people understand the level of sophistication today. Like in the past, you would get some sort of weird email from like a, a Nigerian prince or something asking you for something. And it, it seems suspicious from, you know, uh, sorry for all, all my Nigerian friends out there, but it, that was a common sort of phishing uh, email in the past. But it, it was sort of not very sophisticated, I guess. But today you can get very sophisticated phishing emails where there are seemingly coming from uh, somebody you know or a colleague, and they're addressed to you, and it seems very personal. Yeah, Ron, I would, I would also, I would add to this that um, something that we've been talking about during our casts and webinar about the responsibility of the individual 
in the organization. One thing I would want to add here is really that the responsibility is on the individual. The, right. There's no there's no room to rely only on the IT department. If we said that it's a you can't uh, one be careless. The, you have to one think. One of the advantages of bringing your own device for a business, the disadvantage is that the IT is not really able to manage it. If now I want to update the computer or I want to flush it all and and I want to prevent you from downloading specific applications or files, I cannot really do that now because it's your device, it's not mine. And you have personal use as well. So saying that means that the individual really has the responsibility of what does he do on his off time? What browsers, uh, what does he log in, what websites? When he goes to public areas, what is he doing? How is he connecting? Really paying attention to those to those details. Yeah, well, I don't think other than focusing on education and awareness, we're not going to be able to change behaviors too much. So we're, it seems like we're, we're jumping from topic to topic here a bit. We talked a little bit about some of the challenges, a little bit about the benefits. What then can organizations do other than education and awareness? Right. So... I believe that that once organizations will have more, will move more to the cloud, meaning that their services will be cloud-based. Right. right now, we see uh, the bigger enterprises. What they're doing right now is that, let's say I come with my mobile phone or with my computer, then they set me up with some kind of VPN connection into their domain. Mm-hmm. And I access that domain and through that domain, I have maybe, let's say, uh, some kind of computer I access to or sometime, some kind of terminal gateway. And from there, I consume the company's applications. I could also, the company could also do that in a way where you click on an application on your personal computer, but it's not processed on your personal computer. So there are ways to really uh, manage it in, uh, in one way, but I believe that once the the systems would be moved to the public cloud and to be more on that on that kind of setup that's when the the encrypted connections will be even stronger so do you mean to say that if, if we're using something like um, like an online ERP system like a Salesforce or a NetSuite or and you're, you're using um, like the Microsoft online suite uh, 365 for example then that that is more secure that's a better way I believe, look, there are both, both ways are, uh, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. And when you analyze the threat, that's when you really decide what's the right solution. Uh, but I would say that the cloud-based solutions, them having native applications and them having ways to access directly into that service, for example, Salesforce, that's when you see, or the Office 365, that's amazing, that you're able to really communicate with your domain and feel like you're in the public. So for example, if you take uh, Microsoft, they brought out uh, six months ago a feature where on Bing search, you're able to search for uh, domain applications or domain documents. Right. And that itself is revolutionary, meaning I'm able to write on the public cloud that I'm looking for a conversation that I had with Ron and I find it. So that's an encryption that's in a very strong level. And, and, and I think that the more you move to the public cloud, that's how you get those capabilities. I guess I would also want to, there's other things here to talk about, like um, having multiple um, authentication, right? MFA, uh, companies mm-hmm. should be moving to that, even though it's not the most convenient sometimes. But once uh, people get used to that, it's, it's, um, it's, it's workable, it's useful. 
and I know we mentioned this already, but the importance for having education and awareness programs for companies is, is very, very important. I want to emphasize that more and more. It doesn't cost a lot of money, but it does take a certain amount of effort. If you're a security professional, I would recommend that you reach out to your IT uh, colleagues and work together with them on creating those these awareness programs for this purpose, because it, it will make a difference. Right. And I would say also as security um, directors or head of departments, is I would say that uh, one thing that we could see is also that the vendors are building applications that work from bringing your own device. Meaning if I wanna manage my video from my mobile or from my personal computer at home, I'm able to do that these right. days. And, and that is something that it requires the security people to be more aware of these connectivity issues because we don't want, we don't want the last thing we want is that the security environment becomes a breach for the organization. Right. And, that, and that's the real, the real risk that us during these casts and webinars are trying to talk about is that the trend of movement to the cloud, the trend of bringing your own device, these trends are, are stuff that have been around but are now are really starting to boom around the security areas. Right. And that's why we really need to be aware of the process that IT world, for example, has went through already and bring it to here. You know, schools have an interesting, uh, um, I heard one of the school's security directors talk about how some of their teenagers in the high schools are trying to, like they experiment with hacking within the school environment. <laughs> so they yeah. need to harden their system even more for like internal, like semi-internal sort of risks, not just external I think, risks. I, I think that's a whole different risk talking about this generation that uh, by the age of 13 or 14, they already have uh, computer skills that could be uh, more than more than any adult, actually. Right. <laughs> like, right. and 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 that's and that's based on experience. Meaning, these kids are learning through experience. If it's uh, if it's trying to hack uh, piece components of hardware at school, or if it's trying to hack different. Uh, maybe different components on the cloud. And, and you see that a lot, like companies such as Microsoft, Google, all those big companies, that they challenge these kids and people to, to really try and get into their systems and environments. So, yeah, but so, that's, uh, that's a positive thing. But sometimes schools do it and they react negatively to it. And they should also have some uh, communications with their students as well. Because if a student is doing this out of, not necessarily out of uh, malice, but sort of out of out of um, curiosity. curiosity, right? But then that person gets in trouble and impacts their future. That that's a pity. You know, I had a point where my son was experimenting, trying to hack the neighbor's router for out of fun. I was like, wait a second, <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful. You know, you could right. seriously get into trouble. And so, how do you balance that? I don't know. Maybe you have to provide you know an environment where they can experiment with it. But they're always going to push those limits. I guess that's a whole different cast to have. Um, but I wouldn't want to see a young adult get into trouble that impacts their whole future because because of something like this. That would be a pity. Yeah, and by the way, that's that's a security threat if we it think is. about it. Yes, it is. So back to the corporate world, um, you know, we're talking about trends, and it's sort of related that. We're also seeing a clear trend of phones, personal phones being used for access control, meaning used as credentials instead of cards. So even mm -hmm. as their personal phone, it's not a company phone per se, 
but it's being used as a credential to enter into secure facility. So that's a trend that will likely, um, we'll see more and more of that coming in the future and we'll see less and less of these older sort of proximity cards. Would you agree? Definitely. And I think that the enabler for having a, using mobile device for credentials, the enabler for that is really what you talked about regarding MFA capabilities and education and training. Like mm. if, if the market wasn't clear about how much you need to invest in, in those kinds of, uh, let's say, barriers between the hacker and your environment, um, then it wouldn't happen. And, and here we see that it's happening because also the, on the client side and also the vendors, they feel comfortable with the security layout or security planning that they set up for that kind of application. So that will just continue to happen. And it's important that your security design uh, takes that into consideration. So you might have areas of higher risk that require additional credentials to enter as opposed just to your phone, whereas other areas should be more easy to use. So that's going to impact how we design our systems and prepare for that too. So Abihai, do you have any if anybody, any, if any of our listeners want to learn more about this topic or best practices, is there any website or any, um, any place where you can point them at that they can learn more about this? So I think that we could add on the, when we upload this podcast, we could add some links. Okay. Uh, but I would definitely say, generally speaking, is that if we take a look at the security industry, uh, we see the bringing your own device, as you said, also around the, the, the access, the end user uh, usage in the systems and also the management. And we didn't even talk about the operating center and how you're able to really monitor uh, from wherever you are, whenever uh, everything that's going on in the facility and mm -hmm. prevent a lot of issues. So really, uh, if I would say that if someone has some kinds of uh, uh, queries about this whole uh, trend and how it could improve their environment specifically, uh, you could feel free to reach out and we'll and we'll give you our advice. Now you mentioned big data and the like the SOC operations and everything. It would seem that you could do some analysis around this, right? So if if you have a little program that's sort of a um, looking for a sort of weird exception happening on your network, they could see that. Like if Mr. So and so is suddenly having a new device, right? Because they can see the um, uh, it's a serial code or whatever on the device that can raise a red flag, right? So these are types of sort of analysis and monitoring that we didn't do in the past, but we might need to do in the future. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, this is an interesting topic. We'll keep our eyes on it. It'll definitely be continuing to evolve uh, at every type of organization, government, um, even military. I know uh, more and more countries have to deal with that as well. And schools, corporations, and everything. So security is going to have to grow and adapt to that. Again, if you're in the security industry, if you're a security professional working for your company, and you don't have clear plans about this, uh, this is a chance for you to step up and to create more value for your organization. Talk to your management, talk to your IT uh, team members, and be part of the solution, like we like to say here. And make sure your future security systems um, can adapt for this and even take advantage of this because there are benefits as well. Okay, Abihai, thank you again and stay safe, my friend. <laughs>